Did you miss us? I sure did. Yeah, me too. Eric Alcantar. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Eric Alcantar, Emmett McConnell, your favorite soccer duo. Back for another American Soccer Show World Cup edition. We got knockout stage games to talk about. Win or go home. Extra time, penalties, crazy goals, not so crazy goals, big stops, horrible penalties. That's about all. That's about it. I think I covered it all. That's about it. That's about it. So, oh, there's, there's one more. You know, heartbreak. Heartbreak. A lot of heartbreak, heartbreak, too. Plenty of teams. We sent some teams home, and we've sent some teams forward to the quarterfinals that begin tomorrow morning here in the United States. Let's head back in time, then. France, Argentina. Started us off for the round of 16. Speaking of which, you know, before we get any further, did anybody else find it weird that we call it the round of 16 and we don't have a word for it? Oh, do you mean how, like, in Spanish they have it, like, Octavios de Final? Octavos de Final, yeah. Did I say it right? Yeah, close enough. So, like, I'm not going to hold it against you. The eighth finals. I guess that's what it would be, right? The eighth finals? I guess that's kind of weird, though. I guess I see. Well, that would be like if you said the fourth finals, like, quarter. like that couple final or something. It doesn't, it doesn't sound right. It just sounds weird. Okay. Neither does round. Fine. Fine. We'll leave it at that. So it was France hosting Argentina. It was a, uh, call it a barn burner, to be honest with you. It was a 4-3 victory for France that saw every range of emotion. It feels like it was forever ago, honestly, now that I think oh, yeah. about it. Even though Absolutely. it was only six days ago, basically. It feels like forever ago because, you know, it started so badly for Argentina. Their defense in complete shambles when Mbappe was having his way with the Argentine defense. He really did the whole game. And he, you know, draws that penalty which Griezmann buries and then it takes until the 41st minute for Angel Di Maria to tie it up for Argentina with what was an incredible goal. And it kind of set the tone for the rest of this game because after this it was almost basically nothing but screamers. Well, so the thing was Argentina, after the France goal, they kind of sat back, which we were a little confused with, because you'd think, okay, France, you can take the game to Argentina now. Uh, but they kind of forget that one person who hadn't really been performing, the person who was on our list of came out of nowhere with that, which sparked life in Argentina, right? They, they looked... Rend- yeah, he scored a pretty good goal, but he still didn't contribute enough for my taste. And so, now, let's be fair here. The entire game was an absolute disaster for Argentina from the moment they released the line play all that great either. But they finally started Pavone on the right wing. And then on the left wing, they started Di Maria, who, again, I hadn't been in the middle. And they didn't start Higuain. They didn't start Aguero. They didn't demand that Icardi be added to the list. Then in the middle, as a striker, I I can't even begin to tell you. On commentary, 15 minutes in the game, they pointed out, well, the center backs don't have anything to do. There's no there's no central focal point to that attack. Now, see, so here's the thing. With to great effect in his Barcelona days as a false nine before... Before Luis Suarez kind of came in, uh, but he still, you know, is used to playing centrally. Uh, for being honest, that's where he's the, that's where he's Umtiti and Varane uh, with strength, right? And France was packed in tight, so he couldn't receive the ball in there. Argentina here, uh, you know, Mascarano at this point is not even close to what you know Busquets. There's no Xavi, he's, he's right? Not with like, anybody? They're, or Rakitic, even for that matter. So it's it is one of those things where Coach Messi. I, I, I can't believe that. If that's true, I'm going to be self-decided that, you know what, I don't want Aguero. I don't want Higuain. I don't blame him for Higuain, but Higuain would have been a better... It's decisions like that. It's decisions like in the back again. Marcus Rojo starts at center back after, you know, having a pretty decent this time, and he does end up getting subbed out for our, our man Fazio. It, he had a bit of a miscommunication with Armani, 
when the, they, neither of them seemed to know towards the goal. It was not a pretty moment, really, for anybody involved. So here's the crazy part. I know to remember that Argentina took the lead. It was Gabriel Mercado who scores the next goal in the 48th minute after that. This, is, uh, this, is, this may not go so well. You know, we, we may have a real problem here. And so then, you know, Benjamin, you could yeah. argue goal of the tournament. Up there, absolutely. And it's just an incredible shot. And then into his own there at the international stage. We've seen it in the Champions League. We've seen it in Ligue 1. So now, well, he's the best teenager in the world right now. But, I I mean, I was thinking about it. Your Argentine side, okay, we're going to defend as a unit. This entire tournament. Not once did they say, okay, let's have a no-ho on an island where they're going to get absolutely slaughtered. They said, let's just keep playing as if we're occupying the entire length of the field. Di Maria Pavone, you don't need to come back. We'll just keep Mascarano with Otamendi and Rojo back there. And it absolutely backfired. I mean, I, I do think Mbappe's first goal, also Pavard, right? We're going to Pavard. They had the 2-1 lead. That one, it's got to be a better clearance, but they have like four guys in the box when he smashes that shot. Not to say that more men there would fix it, but like you have to assume that they have to... You're in the lead here. I just don't understand how they weren't defending. I mean, like, I would say they're the underdog in this game. They're the worst team, even with Messi. It's true. It's At least they true. played worse. Yeah. By far worse. Yeah, so interestingly enough, I thought it was really a bold move by to go with Matuidi rather than, well, a, a ton of options. They had a ton of options. So, But they end up going with Matuidi. Now, it really makes that midfield very hard to penetrate. And I almost would argue maybe unnecessarily so. Now, obviously, nobody in the French camp knew that Argentina would start Conte and Pogba. Seems like kind of a kind of a bit of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Overkill. And, of course, it frees up Griezmann to have less defensive responsibilities, even though Griezmann's still very much Mbappe as well. Uh, it definitely definitely didn't see Mbappe doing much tracking back, which I think is uh, the best thing. Second minute, where Aguero gets a ball in from Messi. And it's probably Messi's best play. Just plays this ball perfectly into Aguero. Who puts it away, as a good striker should. Argentina have the time. They do. They come back. They get an attack. And there's a near post cross post. And nobody gets it. Well, two of them, I would say, at least would have had a decent limb and say, I'm pretty sure it was Meza. <laughs> Absolutely. Meza. Bob, he just sprints in front of both of them and just saying, like, what are you doing? What are you what? It's the last kick of the game. It's literally the last saying something. Uh... I think that's a goal, and that's an equalizer, which would be absolutely incredible. I think some people realize. Yeah, so it's Di Maria who puts it into the box, um, and I it, it, I just couldn't get it. I mean, so when it comes down to it, France was the better team, three goals against a rather toothless Argentina attack throughout this tournament, but they put in four, and... Yeah, so that's it for Argentina. They're, they are in an interesting place. Sampaioli is stepping down, so I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. Uh, they... Uh, they're in a holding pattern, really. He's going to stick around. We have no idea. Uh, there's a Copa America next summer, and I, we go to the next World Cup, but I will go to that next Copa America, and darn it, I'm going to win that one. This Argentina Federation, the journalists in Argentina are so harsh on him. They are. I feel bad. He did retire that one time after the last Copa America, the, the Centenario. I I would completely respect his decision if he said, I'm done with this. I'm going to go back to Barcelona where they respect me. They do, and they do respect And I got actual help, and we're, you know, even <laughs> though I'm the center of the attack. Help, but yeah. As I've been saying for a long time. Uh, look, there's one other thing I want to mention, too. Aguero comes off the bench. Absurd that he was even on it, to be honest. I know they haven't played well, either of the strikers, but I'm glad that Aguero at least has, seems to have finally made it in front of Higuain. The one thing I was going to say, there was one other man on the bench at the end of this game that shouldn't have been, and we all know where I'm going with this, 
Paulo Dybala. The real question is, why did Maximiliano Meza play every single game in this tournament? He was useless. I don't know. Absolutely. Why does people, Enzo so Perez continue the, to the, play the, in this the tournament? That you're saying that, and I agree with you. Everybody keeps saying, oh, Coach Messi, Coach Messi. I'm, 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 he can't be that dumb. He just can't. If you wanted to play Messi like this, I actually wouldn't have been opposed to just starting Dybala and Messi up there together. Line up top. I'm over We'll it. play four central midfielders beneath you. Here's the other thing. Give the ball to one of them and they'll come. You mean to tell me Griezmann, Giroud, Mbappe, Pogba, and sometimes Dembele? The squad. He did not. But I, I'm just I'm just going down the names, right? You mean to tell me that France can start this guy where Matuidi played in this game? You could play Dembele. You could play Thauvin. You could play Marshall, right? They start all those. The idea of Messi being the center of attention, the, the number 10, the false nine, and Dybala playing in the same position. Kind of play like that? They both, yeah, I, I, I agree with you in the sense that just they really they've tried it in, in training and it just never works they're always in the same position making the same movement I, yeah but I, it it's, it it's is not easy bit. i under i i i don't want to undersell the idea that this is some simple you know undertaking right i get it getting these guys together and getting them to play a certain way when they play for their club a certain way it's a pretty big transition particularly for players as talented as those two but come on it, it cannot be it cannot be that difficult to the point where Argentina is crashing out in the round of 16 and we we have the same questions of Argentina that we've been having for the last four years, if not longer. So I I, I feel some sympathy for Messi. I feel sympathy for all, some of the players. You know, Benega for not getting into the squad earlier. The only I don't, This team is just something else. And I, like I said, I, I have no idea. Best of luck to them because it ain't, it ain't getting any easier. Down in South America. So, I, honestly, if we're making predictions about teams that are here at this World Cup that may not be here for the next one, that would be a little shocking. I, Argentina, not the craziest shot in the world to me right now. If With this squad, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. All right. Well, we'll move on then to Uruguay-Portugal from the same day. A uh, little, little bit of everything in this one. So, you know, I expected one of the other games of the tournament. We surprisingly got, you know, a fist fight. Let's not get... Let's not get this confused. This was very much a, a, a nasty affair, but a double by Edison Cavani and then uh, an equalizer by Pepe in between led into that scoreline. I I, I want to start off. Cavani looked fantastic, right? Cavani, best game of the tournament. And people had mentioned that he'd been kind of in a slump until he scored against Russia. And could, that was goal, could the goal against Russia really bring him up? It looks like it did just that because that first goal was a thing of beauty. Cavani switches the field to Suarez. Cavani then makes a big run into the box, and Suarez is able to put the ball right back on him at the back post, and he heads it home. I mean, you want to talk about a, like a team goal or just a you know uh, a two-man out to him, and then the second one's just a screamer into the corner, and then he goes off injured. And that, to me, is a frustrating thing because the rumors has it that he's only going to be available as a sub. thing that they can get. They needed Jimenez to be healthy last game. They did they get it. that. So that... Um, and then Caceres is, you know, it kind of gets a little bit under undervalued there, but he's also very important. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this team operates because I do think Suarez and Cavani are two guys that work better alone, despite that goal that you did mention. Uh, they're, they're both better as pure number nines. Uh, so maybe we'll see the, the best Suarez we've seen yet. True. Uh, but against strong French defenders, you know, it's hard to say. I think you want Cavani in no matter what. 
if I think you're Uruguay. Here's the thing. I, you know, we I, that pass was a perfect example of what we talked about before the tournament. I mentioned that wow, because I didn't think too much of Uruguay's midfield. You know, I think maybe it was you that mentioned Bentancur, Bentancur, and he. He he definitely has made his presence felt in the games where Uruguay have needed a goal. But my thought was, if you're going to play them both, then at times one of them is probably going to have to sit a little bit deeper and get the ball and probably start to create something. When they, that's not really something that either of them are used to doing. Cavani clearly the, the most impressive thing of that goal as well. That the curve on that, the placement, if he gets his thigh to it, he put any part of his body to it, and that's a goal. Yeah. On the other side, Ronaldo, then, of course, World Cups in general. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't make it to the next one. I mean, what, he's 33, 34. Don't see Ronaldo coming back. I think Messi could come back and play. We have seen kind of this trainers to what we see now, which is a bit more of a, a ball-playing Messi, a shot-taking Messi. Harder for him to keep up the way Ronaldo has just is still just a freak of nature physically. Unfortunately for Portugal, Ifinship will always be remembered fondly in that country. I can't imagine that anybody would ever take anything that happened in the Ronaldo era. For they finally get back to the knockout stages this year, and they get eliminated by Uruguay. I don't know that there'll be anybody as to how this team is going to want to play without Cristiano Ronaldo kind of leading the line. Uh, it might be it for him. So that might be where he calls it quits after that tournament. Yeah, I can't believe that guy is still in this lineup. I can't believe that Bruno Alves was still on the team. But I mean, Portuguese player of all time. Exactly. But <laughs> it opens up spaces for players. I look at João Mario, who had a really good time in Portugal before bombing at Inter. That's not ex- exactly a sign of improvement. But uh, Guedesh, a massive fan of Bernardo Silva, I think he is the future of this team. And if you want to look at someone who's going to lead him, he has loads of potential. William Carvalho is kind of finally starting to live up to that potential, that Man United uh, rumor level that we've seen from so often forward than I am at Argentina in the short term, but in the long term, there's no reason why Argentina should. Argentine team is way too talented to be this bad, but yeah, here we are. And breaking the under 16 isn't, you know. Argentina lost to France, a potential favorite in the tournament, and Portugal lost to a Uruguay team that consistently comes out and grinds out results. They haven't lost a single game yet. Like... <laughs> I mean, they, they hadn't given him a goal before yeah. before Pepe came in and headed that in. So it, this isn't like we're saying, oh, they, they got knocked out. How disappointing. They couldn't even make it to the next round. No, they lost to two fantastic teams. Yeah. I'm, I'm laughing, by the way, because we listened to a radio ad before the show, and it mentioned that the undefeated Uruguay. And I was oh like, okay, in the, yeah. round, in the last eight, you mean to tell me that undefeated is some kind of, like, big selling point for people? How about you just list off the other teams that are undefeated at this point? Would, would you please? Yeah, we can do that. France is undefeated. We're playing Uruguay. Brazil, okay. undefeated. Belgium, undefeated. That's the first four of four. Yeah. <laughs> Russia, undefeated. Uh, oh, no, oh, they're not. They're not undefeated. A so. heartbreaking loss oh, to Germany. That's right. And then England. percent <laughs> You got to be kidding me, radio. I don't know which station it was or what was going on there, but that... I'm guessing they're finding Uruguay to be a hard sell to the to the average viewer. I guess, but like, just say Suarez on the team. People will remember the guy who bit someone. What? They can't get Rodrigo Betancourt in here to, to pull in fans? Matias Vecino? These are two hardworking midfielders. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, definitely not the most sexy team Uruguay are. But, hey, you don't need to be sexy to be good at the World Cup, as no. they've shown many times. But I, we have seen, though, they haven't make it made it to the finals because... Maybe there isn't a bit of that sexiness to kind of, uh, you know, finish things off. Though with Godin and Jimenez in the back, 
I it's mean, going to be tough. It's going to be tough for anybody to score on them. They they will give France a fight, and I just hope I hope the reports are wrong. I hope that it's some you know kind of like smokescreen that Cavani is going to be able to go stuff right there. <laughs> Next dimension. I, I don't that. even know what dimension. It would I be love in. that. I love that. Not so, this dimension. So that's Sunday. Spain and Russia finished one one. Had to go to penalties. Russia. I gotta say, I don't think anybody saw this one coming. Uh, I honestly don't even know where I would want to start because here's the thing. I want to give Russia some credit to them the entire way up reading up to the tournament. We discredited them getting out of the group. And now... Beating Spain? Tying Spain and winning going through on penalties, hey, but... Somebody had to win. Spain's game plan in this one. I'm I'm all for the tiki-taka and the possession. But Maybe the more. Maybe more than anybody. <laughs> Do I? I don't know. I'm just I, trying I, to get at it. Okay, that's not real life, though. That's true. In real, I mean, in real life, I, 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 I absolutely... When you're when you're Spain, and you have Russia in front of you, who you just watched, I mean, it's it's astonishing to me that Spain spent like seventy minutes of this game. We'll break them down. We'll break them down eventually. They'll tire out eventually, and eventually came and it came and and anything can happen. Anybody can beat anybody in a shootout. It's just that simple. We could win a shootout. Okay, I guess I'll stick with it. But no, anything can happen in a shootout. You cannot take that kind of chance. It's amazing to me that Spain deci- didn't decide to take it to Spain to Russia until it was far too late. And what's the worst that could happen there? Nobody expected them to win the game, so they had nothing to lose. I mean, after the 70th minute passed, people just negative passing. Tiki Taka works. Can, can I just clear something up here? This isn't Tiki Taka. We, we call it that because they dominate possession. it with, But Tiki Taka is more akin to a style of passing than a style of possession. Um, so it's not about backwards passes and lateral passes along the back. No, there's a reason. Every team can do that. Well, hey. Russia could go out there, and if they're not pressed, they'll pass it along the back, and they'll look like Spain. Hey, and there's another thing, too, and you've brought up a good point. Remember when I talked about Russia's chances in this game? I mentioned that the about the only reason I see them even having any chance is that Russia play a very similar way to the how every single opponent to Spain's had played to this point. Remember Portugal? Portugal did, you know, at there was an end-to-end game at, at, at some degree. But Spain also dominated possession for a lot of that game, too. And it was it was back and forth, and Spain, because, you know, De Gea had an absolute howler, and, you know, Ronaldo kind of deserved a little more out of the game than they were, may have been getting. But let's talk about their other two games. Spain out of this tournament themselves. Iran had the game tied if that guy hadn't been off served an equalizer Morocco they had to wait until the almost the last kick of the game. those teams play very similar to Russia and Russia came in and played the same way and Spain instead of learning from it the team can play for penalties they allowed it to get there and it just is remarkable to me Spain wasn't playing Tiki Taka they, they, they play oh backwards pass lateral pass oh let's keep it but Tiki Taka is about waiting for a forward pass, finding that forward pass or that angled pass where your player can receive it, turn, and run at the defense. That is what made Messi his name. That's what made Iniesta their name. And and that's what made Busquets and, and Xavi their name, is they were the guys who were making those passes in the seams where Iniesta and Messi were finding the space to turn and run at the defense, and that's where you cause problems, and that is exactly not what Spain did at this point. I mean, listen, it's not saying like, to say they don't have the players who can do that necessarily it's it's like like there's no reason to say oh isco and david silva and marco asensio and coke don't have the ability to play to this style but they were completely disjointed 
Yeah, I mean, this uh, this wasn't pretty for them. I think it's the safest thing to say. Uh, let's, uh, there's one, one other thing I wanted to mention before we get to maybe the shootout. Well, two things, actually. Number one, the penalty that Spain gave up. What are you doing, PK? He's got his hand under his head, his hands up on a on a ball coming in. I just it's it's that's that's insane. When I, I've I've said it before, and I'll say it again. When somebody does something that you would get mad at someone for a ball coming in, had their hands up. That's just it's just bad form, right? So what happens in a professional hands up? And he puts them down, and then he brings them back up. How many times have we seen it too? That's, I mean, that's like, absolutely. Just want to mention something. We're gonna bring it back to the Spain goal. What a finish that was, Sergi. Sergio Ramos, and <laughs> still own goals in the process. Another one. Another, Impressive. Another people yelling at you. If you're going to take the guy down in the box, as if you're doing a WWE sp- tackle on him, you probably want to make sure it doesn't end up in the back of the net. Well, so here's the thing. Why even do that, right? There's <laughs> just, just no reason. First of all, it's, it's, the, it's, it's an easy minute. call for a penalty. There's VAR now, so they're not going to miss it. Why don't you... like? There's so many things you can do that can put a forward off and cause them to miss. Other than tackle him, especially when you're in a position where you can make it. It also wasn't even a forward. And what, whoever's, Sergio Ramos. Yeah, but he's in the box in the goal scoring position. I'm talking about him as a, a forward who's about to score. Yeah. Someone yeah. who's forward in the box yeah. positionally. All right. Well, yeah. It was it a was, funny goal. It was bad. It was bad. It was so, the funniest goal. One more, an extra time. Not no more goal. But one big note of trivia. And, Evan, I want you to remember this one. All right, let's have it. The first ever fourth sub at the World Cup happened in this game. That's history. Dollar Kuzhev came off for Alexander Erokin. I hope I said anything that anyone near first ever fourth sub in other games became the first game with eight total substitutes made thanks to Marco Asensio coming off for Rodrigo out of the tournament. And Akinfeyev had bad goalkeeping situations for you, Emmett. Uh, how about his goalkeepers union rep gives that guy some praise because he. That especially the last save. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. But well, I mean, okay. So uh, the thing is, we've all we've heard about this Russia team is Igor Akinfeyev. Igor Akinfeyev. But what has he done? He hasn't had to do anything in the Egypt game. Had nothing to do in the Saudi Arabia game. Y- Uruguay game. He was basically non-existent. Well, here he is. And there's a reason why he's the captain. There's a reason why he is considered the best player in this team. Is give that man the ball. He is your playmaker. He is the man who decides the games. And good for him. Yeah, great, great performance for him. David De Gea, he had one save the whole tournament. Now, the, the, the hate on him has gone a little too far for my taste. I don't appreciate everybody trying to tell me that suddenly now he's not the best goalkeeper in the world. He still is. Sorry. I, there's just no arguing it for me. The man consistently is one of the best in the world at what he does. It's going to be very hard for me to suddenly turn that off. But I will say, he had the same amount of saves at this World Cup that Luis Suarez had back in 2010. So if that doesn't tell you anything, I don't know what does. He wasn't great in those either. I don't know if that he just doesn't see a lot of them. He, he wasn't ready, but he, he didn't. He rarely guessed right. It, it seemed like he never really had a good grasp on their body language, on the approach and the run-up, um, or the, even the player's history on where they shoot. And every single time the, the ball goes, I, I, you're, you're taught in these penalties, no matter what happens, like make it seem like even if you guessed right, you would have saved it. And uh, yeah, it's silly. You're supposed to dive, but it doesn't really mean anything. But, you know, it, it's it's some sort of mental thing. I don't know. But every single one he did, he would guess wrong, and he would literally just kind of slide to his side and watch it go in. And I, it, it seemed like he was, I don't want to say disinterested, but that he was very out of it. Yeah. Well, uh, Spain, they will also, we will see kind of where they go. I don't imagine Lopetegui is there for the long run. 
So. Uh, I, yeah, I would think so. Yeah. So. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I said Lopetegui. That's why you were laughing. Uh, yeah. Is. So the uh, I saw a rumor that Chavi or Chavi, like that Chavi, that is, Chavi is interested and in possible. Yeah, Spain also will turn their attention now to the next European Championships. And I have to imagine. Here's another thing, because I got to tell you that ain't gonna work. What they tried to do in this tournament that ain't gonna work. No, I'm around. Okay, no Andres Iniesta. Uh, are you gonna be able to rely on David Silva at that point? There, Koke will still be there. Busquets will still be there. You have all of the tools. Is Ramos or Pista still going to be there? I don't think it really matters, to be honest. I think they'll have someone who will take their place to play the style. But what happened here is they just lacked a style. It was like you had Barcelona players that just didn't <laughs> mesh. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough of Spain. We move on then to the other game that day. I got to say, I feel bad for Denmark because I, I, I honestly thought they were going to pull it out at the end. It, I was expecting uh, in the first five minutes. Thanks to, you know, best five minutes of the tournament. It's incredible stuff, really. A long throw by Jorgensen, or not by Jorgensen, but to Jorgensen. To Jorgensen, the throw ins that were happening by. What? I think it was Knudsen. Okay. Well, whoever it was, incredible. Incredible stuff. I it was almost honestly every time they got a corner he he ran around to either side really yeah so any no I meant like on the, it was in, in the attacking third he would go to the other side of the field yeah on the left side he throw it on the right side so so but it was like every time the ball went out on that uh, the, then immediately after uh, Jorgensen scored like three minutes later Mario Mandzukic right here say you're Croatia first minute of the game Denmark has the kickoff don't let them score post and he just rolls it right under uh, Subasic. Like, okay, but now you're Denmark. You have the lead. It's a couple minutes later. A cross comes in. Oh, and here's your back of Andreas Christensen. Oh, not the back, the face. Right it's, the second the face. Time, it's the second time it's happened to poor Christensen's face is just a ball magnet. So that's not great for him. The The game kind of happened in Croatia and Denmark. I don't think either of those teams really wanted to score after that. It seemed like they were giving the ball and, see if the, and they'll do the same thing. Why did Pione Sisto not start this game for Denmark? Ruthless in the attack. And on the other side, I think that with Martin Braithwaite, they wanted to have a little bit more of a physical... You know, on the same side of the coin, why I think they went with uh, uh, Cornelius, Andreas Cornelius. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's a little bit questionable, because I think Sisso is one of their more... But, I mean, I don't think they came in here to create anything. I think they came in here to get a draw, potentially get the penalties. And I can't confirm, but it seems like it would be correct. It would also be the first World Cup... I believe that's... I can't imagine there was ever a game... Where there a team's was, we'll get somebody on that, and so again some history. There is a penalty given up for me. The only attack we really saw this game, and it was. I'll just go ahead and say it. I know the double jeopardy rules have been kind of like made in with the way the rule has kind of been made, because I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. If that's not a red card, I I guess I'm just not okay with the idea that somebody can stop an attack like that where there was nothing left. The only thing that was between the goal and the player there for Croatia. Rebic or Kramaric who gets slotted in and just rounds Schmeichel time. Uh, and it was the goal scorer, Matthias Jorgensen. Yeah, Jorgensen really did the right thing. If you don't stop him, the game's over. So I'm okay. Even if that was a red, if you knew it was going to be a red, you have to do it. And it's still the right decision for him. I disagree with that. You have to do that. And so, and I it, think he'd be happy with that decision that he'd made. Well, especially with the way it ended up working out because Schmeichel saves it. It, does, it doesn't matter. You're giving yourself a chance. It's true. You have to give yourself a chance, just like Suarez did a few years ago. And it, both times, it worked out. You have to. So... 
Good for him. Good for Schmeichel, who at this. So for sure, I thought, oh my goodness, he's now safe. Modric. There's, there's no way Denmark was going to lose at that point. Modric taking that penalty and missing. I gotta say, you know, you you don't think about it too much, but think about it like this: Modric has played in three straight Champions Leagues. He didn't play last summer because Croatia weren't in the Confederations Cup, but they played in the European Championships in 2016. He's played in three straight Champions Leagues, so his club season has continuously gone into June or you know early June, late May. He has been playing nonstop, basically, into the game, basically. But he's the guy you want to step you, up and take you know, that. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with him taking be at that point to take the penalty. Incredible to me that they can even get them off. Yeah. Death blow because now your captain's gone to the spot and couldn't put it in, and now you have to go to penalties, and which is really all penalties are, because the the goal scorer should almost always score the penalty. Then yeah, they just have to not hit it at where this, you know, six foot man is standing in a goal that's twelve that's twenty four by eight. What a human probably if you put up their wingspan, they can probably cover like six right. by three feet of range in total like surface area so yeah when you put it like that it makes it sound even worse so they do go to the shootout and Denmark takes the early advantage some nice a good save again by Schmeichel so Schmeichel ends up saving three penalties in this game two in the shootout one in the game and he doesn't win which again I feel so terrible for him and here's another thing too a lot of people he kind of lives in the shadow of his father when people talk about all the great things that he did for Denmark I gotta tell you what I know they lost so this game will probably be lost to history a little bit for them I hope that the people in Denmark remember at the end. I can't help but think they will. People remember Tim Howard making the... A, <laughs> Sec- a, Secretary of Defense. I remember Chris Wondolowski with that missing that sitter against Belgium. I remember it. Uh, and Tate was a goalkeeper in that in that shootout. Schmeichel was very good. Schmeichel was everything you would ever want from a goalkeeper. Too, is that Denmark, for me, I think the biggest difference at the end of the day was for to go up and take penalties. And they both make it. And they both make it. It's just this incredible. Ericsson misses his. Uh, look, that's that's where it is. Denmark giving it a, a, a very good fight. My um, applauding for the look they had the entire tournament. So there's that. And we move on to uh, Monday where there was only one game. Shockingly, I'm not sure what happened. No, not going to stop me? Okay, fine. We'll go to it anyway. I, no. thought, I thought you'd notice that I was just... <laughs> oh. I know. I don't, can't imagine how... Well, actually, I don't really feel bad for Mexico, but I victory for Brazil. Yeah. Was I not supposed to say that? It happened. Um, I guess we'll start with the lineup for Mexico because I can't see, I can't figure something out. If you remember when we talked about Mexico moving on, I mentioned that one of the things that was kind of concerning me was the loss of Hector Moreno at center back for Mexico because of the yellow card accumulation, which is still ridiculous, but I can live with two for the group stage getting you suspended for the round of 16. I don't like it, but I can live with it. Right. Here's the thing: Mexico's center backs are actually not terrible behind them. Carlos Salcedo and Hugo Ayala aren't bad, but Moreno is like Moreno is like tier one compared to their tier two and a half, let's say. So it's a pretty noticeable drop in quality. I wouldn't say that that was the, one of the you know why Miguel Ayun didn't not only didn't start this game at fullback but didn't start this game at all is short period of time. Because, oh, and by short period of time, I mean just like in this tournament after Hison Alvarez, who I thought was pretty bad, pretty bad against, for my, for my money, I thought he had a great game against Neymar on that side of the field. He he really, guys, I was proud of his performance. And then, one more thing about the starting lineup. Again, he actually didn't look all that out of place. 
I was wondering how much he had in the legs. Uh, I, I found out very 38th minute. And so I'm a little worried, but I say, you know what? He's played a very good game. I think you got to let him go. He might get sent off. I think that the re- I think unless he makes a really dumb challenge, I think he'd be okay. Switch. I'm okay with with that. And I, I, I just realized that Miguel Ayun would take his position at right back and Edison Alvarez, who was playing as a mistake, because at the end of the day, I don't think that's his best position. I don't think he's I don't think he's built to play so well at right back. It struck me as such an odd decision to play him in center midfield at all. And Neymar just, you know, slots at home and uh it was all kind of downhill from Mexico were in deep trouble, but it it felt it felt inevitable after that point. Don, so again, the goal happened and then four minutes later Jonathan Dos Santos came on for Edison Alvarez. Menace for Chicharito, who clearly looked like he was kind of struggling with an injury in this one. And then 88 continues the suffering, puts Brazil in the quarterfinals. I'm not sure I have much else to say. Uh, it was a stretch of the imagination, so I'm glad they went out there and fought. Uh, they can, the, Most of the players can be proud of the fact that they went out there and they fought tooth and nail for Brazil with Brazil for eight. Yeah, that, that's basically all I got. O- Ochoa was pretty good, that, as he knew. Um, it was always going to be a tough game for Mexico. Uh, and I think almost not, not karma, but for not winning that group uh, from where they were. With they just had to get a draw. Uh, they, between playing Brazil and Switzerland, I think you'd much rather be playing Switzerland than again at the World Cup. You want to play everyone. You want to be able to get to the final. You have to beat anyone. So, True. Uh, and so playing Brazil, it shouldn't matter if you play Brazil in the round of 16 or if you play Brazil in the final. You're going to have to beat, go through them and beat them, which is kind of the problem with the whole weak side of the tournament of the bracket ideology. Um, and, and you know, props to Mexico went up against a tough Brazil team. Um, didn't sit back, didn't try to you know, didn't try to play for penalties. They went in there and took it to Brazil for a good period of time in the first half. But just isn't enough when you don't score. And you know what? They're they're always a fun team in this uh, in the in the World Cup. They got past Germany. They helped knock out Germany. So so that I you know that's definitely something that they can look back on and say, yeah, we we did come out of this group. We did beat Germany. Uh, I, I do think that that Sweden game will do one thing. They say, ah, but that, that one of the teams in this in the World Cup, Mexico's pretty consistently a Tier 2 team in this World Cup, which is nothing England in that category. It seems that are never really likely to get into the semis or the final, but, you know, make it to... So that that's kind of the... the they call it the curse of the fifth game. I, the name's kind of weird. But Mexico's fifth game just ceases has ceased to exist. Uh, I talked to my dad after the game, and it just made me sad all over again. So, yeah, that's that's it. This one goes straight to Neymar, and I gotta be honest. I mean, step on him. But if you also notice, he also steps on the assistant referee's foot. So he couldn't have been putting that much pressure, shot, or like he'd just been cut with a a saw or something like that. It's honestly like that. So you know, he's he's within his right to you know say, hey, this guy you know is stepping on me. So much negative attention in America specifically around the sport, but even elsewhere. And it's, you get so many uneducated fans. And if you're listening to this and you consider yourself, you know, uh, new to the game, uh, don't, you know, don't take name what Neymar does as, uh, you know, indication of the rest of the game. I think our next game will kind of show you that there really is, there are games that don't have a lot of flopping and are very well respected and tough games. Uh, that'd be the Belgium, Japan game. Uh, but I, it, it is something that it's it's annoying to see. It's it's awful. I hate and, it. And listen, I get the other side of it. Neymar gets kicked all the time. He's con- his. I mean, after the first two games, both games, his socks were absolutely torn to shreds. 
So I get why he has to do this as some sort of defense mechanism. But, I mean, again, looking at Belgium, don't see Hazard doing it. I don't see Messi doing it. I really don't see Ronaldo even doing it that much, and he's probably one of the more labeled as prima donnas in the sport. So it, he is still young. He's been maturing. I, I, I can just hope this is something that he kind of matures out of. Let's hope so. Uh, Juan Carlos Osorio, last thing on Mexico here. Mexico won't be in the Copa America next summer, so they only have the Gold Cup. And who knows who the manager will be. I don't I, – I actually – who am I kidding? I know it's not going to be Osorio. So we'll see who gets picked to be the new Mexico manager. Rumors have it it's Almeida, the old Chivas manager who here last in the league. So who's, who knows how that will go. Um, yeah. We – which I'm sure we're itching to talk about because this is wild. This is absolutely wild because Japan takes it. Oh, they, this isn't like the time Liverpool got beaten by Burnley, was it? Where uh, had two shots the whole game and they scored yeah. them both or something. I I, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't know if I'm even talking about the right team. but anyway. Great. And, you know, we talked about heartbreak before this started. I know you were thinking of much more. But as we talked about, we, we did kind of talk about, oh, tactics versus technical. This is a very did take advantage of this Belgium defense that, while it has decent players and decent names, it's... And at two nothing, you have to think Japan. There's no way you can give that, to give that up. And so okay, uh, that that first goal for me is where thing longest ever headed goal at the World if Cup. Th- if that happens in FIFA, we're sitting here calling that's just nonsense. The Can't be. All, I mean, it, it's a ridiculous goal. Like just the placement is so perfectly lucky, and I, I am gonna do it. It just happened to go in. I do you, think the goal. You don't head the ball and think, oh yeah, I'm gonna chip it with from, my head from no angle under that. He didn't look entirely confident the whole game, but okay, that happens. Whatever. I do think. I thought the funniest thing was when is how many people complained. You bring it on Fellaini and Shadley. What is going on? Why I thought you can't give up that first goal if you're Japan because you know Fellaini is going to absolutely manhandle them, and that's what he did with that header. Yep. And so that's and then the last goal comes on the world's greatest counterattack. But this is also the world's worst gamesmanship from Japan, which is why I put them so low tactically. Reasons like this. Japan didn't take a single short corner all game. You're a team that has an average height that is several inches smaller than Belgium. You look at this Belgian team. Are you going to win headers over company for Tongan, Alderweireld, Witzel, Fellaini, Lukaku? That's six names that you just aren't going to win a header over. Not even with your tallest guy, any of your center backs, your forwards. None of these guys have the heading ability to beat them. But they serve it in long with 20 seconds left in the game. I I have to say, I agree. You're 100% right. And I it does speak to the fact that, you know what, sometimes you have to be able to adjust your game plan. But part of me, I have to say, I respect Japan for going out on their sword and saying, you, you know, you, we don't park the bus. It doesn't matter how this game's going. We are need, going out. They didn't need to park the bus. It, it's a matter of, of adapting to the game and changing the tactics. Okay, they, I don't think that that's why the first two goals came in. The, those are ones where I look and I say, okay, not much. that You, you, get, you get beat there. I think the, the biggest thing you can do is you say you have to deduct. The first one, yeah, kind of fluky. But this is a goal you absolutely, if you're Japan, you should be able to, to, to prevent. First of all, it's Courtois who grabs it and then rolls it out, and suddenly it's a four-on-three counterattack. That was insane. Japan, it's at the end of the game. Why you could – like, I, I know what it is. It's, oh, let's get a goal here and win it. But you're this – is, this is, like, such a classic thing – like a mistake is you got to have someone at the top of the box who's ready to cut out counterattacks, someone who's fronting the man in the by midfield, another person who's behind him. So for me, it's just Japan getting it absolutely wrong at the end against a really, really strong Belgian team who got the kick in the pants. I think they needed if they want a good one tomorrow. 
for Japan, again, it is on to the Asian Cup of Nations next year. And Jurgen Klinsmann on top of their lists. I don't know, I don't know if Jurgen would. I mean, you, you saw what happened immediately after Did he not that. want all the players in the J-League? He would demand that all the Japanese players play elsewhere? I don't know. I mean, you saw what happened after that game. The Japan leaves a thank you note in Russian in their locker room. I'm sure people saw that image. Uh, a, a spotless locker room that they leave. And then immediately, uh, Captain, who, who is probably my favorite player in the tournament, um, favorite unknown player coming in. I didn't know much about Makoto Sebe, the defensive mid for Japan, but he was absolutely incredible. Anyway, he retires almost immediately for the national team, saying it's a time for someone else. I'm just really happy that I was able to have this opportunity. Kezeke Honda also immediately uh, retires. Um, I don't know. This, this was a game that... It was a game. No one gave Japan any credit going into, and it... I don't know. I think it would have felt pretty smug if they had won it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Uh, would have really, really shaken up the bracket for the next round. It's already pretty crazy. That would have honestly been the cherry on top. And I think the thing you can take away going out of it is no one. Was, I think this is one of the less exciting games for a lot of people, Belgium, Japan. If it was Brazil, Japan, I think people would you know, also kind of be a little bit you know, pessimistic about it. But how can you not be excited about Brazil, Belgium? That should be a fun one. Absolutely. So we move on. Sweden, Switzerland, the battle of countries that sound very similar. Emil Forsberg scores the only goal in this one. I, I, I just got one thing to say about this. Take it. One given, but it's such a massive deflection. I think Jan Sommer had it covered. But Granite Jock, you know, he, he just, you know, gets an inch of space and blasts it by him. Forsberg's running and Forsberg just glides past him. And Akanji's in no man's land with how far back he is. And so he's blocked, but it's too far away to get to close it down. So, I mean, for a Swiss... Okay, yeah, they do kind of have Arsenal right there in that midfield. <laughs> yeah, you're not a big Granit Xhaka guy, are Granit you? I, I shots and long passes. That's really all I see from him. He, he's not really very good defensively. Just got knocked out of the tournament. That's not... I don't really <laughs> like to do that. But this was another team that I thought, you know, was a little... Uh, disappointing, but again, Sweden. Another one where I've said... Do not sleep. Like Sweden. Uh, yeah, Switzerland, they will move on to their European Championship qualifying through the UEFA Nations League. Against all... He started in that game against Switzerland because Gustav Seb Larsson uh, was, was out on, uh, I think it was Yellow. Seattle. Yeah, he's not even an integral part. I mean, he's, you know, he'll play, he can play defense, he can play center mid. He can... So there, that's where we stand. There's our MLS uh, requirement for the week. Once, He's once. Got it. Finally, one last one. Columbia, England. Now this one, no, no chance whatsoever without him. This would be a uh, what a game this would have been to see. Hanna. Columbia, Columbia, just kind of playing for the for the long long game here, trying to play the long game, see if they can basically straight out of the half uh, before England gets one. Harry gets taken down. It's kind of a soft penalty, but I'm I'm all for it. He, he tackles him. Hey, this is a really playing defense. Come on. Uh, there's ways around it. He. <laughs> Right, so they're both kind of tangled up, and then Carlo leaps on top of him. I like it. I we need more tactics like that. But no, it's fine. It's a penalty. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm I'm trying to look out for the defenders here. Kane, Kane buries it. Kane, Kane so far just can't seem to miss from the spot. He's done a great job. Maybe making a run at the name Pinaldo in the future. Per- Perry Kane. Perry Kane. Pinaldo Kane. We'll work on Kane's nickname for. We'll get our penalty. producer on it. Right. Uh, finally. Though, against all odds, Colombia do start to fight back. And Yeri. 
Yeri Mina scores, but before this, it's going to get lost because, you know, it leads to the corner only. I believe it was Mateus Uribe. Has a go from who knows how far out off a volley. Oh, my word. And, I mean, the goal, Pickford just barely gets his hand on it to put it out. At that, at that point, I thought, oh, my goodness, if he puts that in, we're just going to think of the game. Uh, and and when, when you see that save, you, it's it's almost like the moment. Off that corner, it's when Yuri Mina puts the header in. It's just remarkable stuff, James, who was you know pretty excited on the sideline for a guy who clearly couldn't also very uncomfortably walk. Ration Mina, like, pulls a groin or something because he comes off limping afterwards, holding his groin. That's the worst injury. For him. And I would like to mention that matchup with Mina and Harry Maguire, because in the past few games I have mentioned Harry Maguire is that guy who literally wins every header. And England's strategy is, all right, set piece, we're going to throw it to that big, meaty forehead of Harry Maguire. And this time, it never worked, because Yeri Mina, was just all over him. And he wins the head over, over Maguire here, and he makes Maguire look short. This is like, Maguire's got to be like 6'3", and he's a good jump on him. But Mina is like two heads above him when he gets his header. Right. That brings us then to the shootout because, you know, the game went into extra time and nobody scored. Not a whole lot there for either team. And it looks like Ospina, okay. And finally it comes to my friend Mateus Arriba, also called, smashes it into the post and I'm just sitting on the couch going, why? Why would you kick it so he'll get it? Oh, so I felt so bad. Here's the situation: first two penalties come Spina, get right into the corner, and now Uribe's up. You have the one goal. You basically you make it have to be done. Uh, the last kick by Baca has to be seen. just absolute nightmare for him because he, you can see what he was going for was just a little. It, Don't get me wrong, but I agree with you. It could be three feet lower easily and be an absolute, and you'd say that's too high up. And this is a goal that is, if it goal's eight feet high and it's eight foot and one inches high, you can say it's at five feet and it's still a great penalty. Yeah. Um, Pickford then does come up and I think Baca kind of tries to shoot it a little bit down the middle or behind him. Then Pickford's hand goes back and England wins it. Um, I, I would say <laughs> Colombia was this close to keeping the curse alive against England in the penalties. <laughs> England, I tell you what, man, they I I was really rooting for Colombia here just to see the reactions that would have come out of this. Uh, I do, I guess, I do sort of feel bad now afterwards because if you, there's some photos out there of Garrett Southgate, kind of like you know not really getting into the big celebration. You know, obviously, he's got his moment where he's like you know fist pumping and hugging everybody, but. His first reaction isn't to go, you know, jump with the players. He, you know, he goes and finds Uribe, who missed the penalty, and you know, he's he's got his hands around him, and he's like, you know, it's, it's gonna be okay. He, I, the perfect, the perfect gesture, I thought, and so a new, so a newfound respect for me, personally, on a personal note there, because that, that to me, that that's class. In that moment, contain yourself. They're exactly, paying they're you to paying celebrate. You. They, they are literally paying you to celebrate. And he went over there and said, you know what, no. Honestly, the the more you hear about the Southgate fella, the more <laughs> we see it from England, the the more you know, likable England. The, yeah, the more. This is a likable England side <laughs> and a side that you can get behind. What the, What on earth was that coming home nonsense about? It's coming home. That stupid me. How did it take off so quickly? They made it to the quarterfinals. Uh, That's good enough for them. So uh, we, we do have Sweden, England in that quarterfinal. Uh, don't sleep on the Swedes. But this is, uh, I think it's funny because this matchup is like the flags are the same, just different colors. Sweden's is blue and blue and yellow. Cross a little offset. England's is white and red. Just a fun moment for me. I do, <laughs> Some vexology for our listeners. I do, I do want to go and mention uh, we, the yellow card rule that we mentioned. 
Yeah. And talk about players who are potentially going to be uh, out of the next round. Out so, of the semifinals. Out if... of the semifinals if they move on. So that's Giroud, Pavard, Tolisso, and Pogba for France. So that that's, you know, three starters there who very likely, and two players who are really important could be out. Um, Uruguay, it's only uh, Rodrigo Betancourt. That's shocking. Who? Um, <laughs> that's shocking. Uruguay have one guy. That's for such a defensive team. Yeah. Yeah. So they, um, you know, uh, I, I, th- I think they'd be okay without him. So that one's not really, that that one's not really a big deal for them. I I know he's a pretty good player, but that that's not like losing Suarez or Cavani. Brazil is Coutinho, Felipe Luiz, and Neymar. Now that could be huge because. Obviously, Neymar, the soul and blood of the team. Coutinho is someone who I think has actually been the one who's made the team <laughs> the tick. The actual soul and blood of the team. So, Neymar is the soul, but Coutinho is the heart. He's the one who's been making them tick, I think, for me. And if Felipe Luis, you lose him, you've, you you will have lost four fullbacks in this, <laughs> so far for this tournament. So that is actually incredible. That I, would I, be brutal. Of, I don't know why I'm laughing. That's not, that's not a laughing matter, but that is pretty crazy. Uh, then, for Belgium, we have a lot, but only a, only a couple that matter. So, Mounier... Uh, Tielman, Tielmans and Ben Donker. Ben Donker, you know, backups. I don't think it really matters. But De Bruyne and Vertonghen and Mounier. Can you imagine Belgium having to play without De Bruyne? Uh, another one that I think, like you say, oh, what do you do now? Yeah, it'd be right. very hard to get past that. So there's that. Uh, there is one other thing I wanted to mention about the yellow card thing. Again, that's so ridiculous. Two yellow cards? Two yellow cards is all it takes for you to get suspended for the next game through the course of five matches? Come on. There has to be another way to do this. They, they should just reset after the group stage. I could, like it's I said, too easy. I understand. I, I was not I was not happy about Moreno having to miss the game. But look, two yellow cards in three games, you're, you know what? That is reasonable. That's very reasonable to say that you have to miss the next one. Fine. But you're telling me they couldn't just reset the stupid yellow cards after the round of 16 and then again at the semifinal? So, that it, so for example, if you got a yellow card in both the round of 16 and the quarterfinals, then yeah, sure, they have to miss the semifinal. That's fair. Yeah, but so the thing for me with that is... Right, so you can get just it's the fact that over four hundred and fifty minutes of regular time play that you can get suspended for a rash tackle and maybe taking your shirt off or celebrating a goal is, is a little bit baffling to me. Um, and and so when we go back to that Brazil team, they will be missing Casemiro. They will in in this upcoming game because of yellow cards uh, accumulation. Uh, luckily, they do have Fernandinho, who I think is a good enough uh, player to fit yeah, there. Lucky them. Um, but I mean. I, I, I think that's something that is going to be changed um, come the next. It better be because that is just Cup. brutal. Uh, that takes us over to England, who um, we have Kyle Walker, Jesse Lingard, Jordan Henderson, and Kyle Walker. Okay, that could be. I said Kyle Walker twice there. I don't know if <laughs> <laughs> that could Kyle, be Walker, Kyle Walker Lingard get suspended twice. <laughs> he could get suspended another time. Walker, Lingard, and Henderson. Um, I think all of those are important enough that you'd be a little bit worried uh, yeah, if one of them goes off. To be honest, uh, one of the things about England that would most surprise me now is something like short of a complete implosion. Can you imagine them just getting absolutely housed by Sweden? The I'm way telling that, you, don't sleep on it. The way that Sweden got in Mexico, basically. Can you imagine the, like, the scenes in England when everyone's already talking about the semifinal against potentially a team they also think they'll probably be able to beat, Russia or Croatia? I mean, that's the problem, I think, here, is England might already be looking forward to that next game, um, which is why I'm putting it out there that there's gonna be, that Sweden will be in the final. <laughs> uh, don't at me. 
I'm but, not going to at you. Don't worry. Uh, so I post crazy. this podcast it, that I'm going to at you like I do every week. It'll be a little crazy to think. Russia, Roman uh, Zobnin, Alexander Golovin, Ilya Kutepov, uh, Fyodor Smolov, and Yuri Gaznitsky. Beautiful. Gaznitsky. Man, Golovin would be huge. Golovin, Smolov uh, would Victor be... Victor Smolov. Fyodor Smolov. Those, those would be two that I think would be, you know, wouldn't be great, but with Smolov you do have Zuba. So who's uh, played better than Smolov anyway? So yeah, um, so a lot of a couple names there, but you know the one big one of Golovin, uh, and then no kidding, and then Croatia. Listen to this list. Oh my goodness, there's like eight of them, isn't there? There is eight of them: Sime Verselko, Vedran Trluka, Ivan Rakitic, Marcelo Brozovic, Ante Rebic, Mario Mandzukic, Marko Piaka, and Tin Yedevai. Wow. Now when we look, we should wow. it should have it be known. That like, three of these guys aren't starters between Charluca, um, I'm not really sure Piaka or Yedevai are really going to be players that they'll be relying on. But the fact that they could lose Rebic, who's been incredible, Mandzukic, who is the their main man up top, and Rakitic and Brozovic, who are very important in that midfield. And you left out the one that I keep thinking about. Yeah. Versalco. Versalco, who, look, I, and I, I don't like to repeat myself too much, but... That's what I keep saying about him is that I think he's he's going to be a really good defender and I think he's almost there, but he's missing one part of his development that I you know it's gonna it's it's gonna take some time. He still for me takes he takes on too many tackles that he can't win and he puts himself in a bad situation where he's going to get carded. We saw it in the Europa League and he's got a yellow card. He's a defender, you know nobody's getting mad at him for it, but it's all it takes is one bad challenge. And you're suddenly you're out of the semifinal. It doesn't have to be that bad. It could just be a c- accumulation. You could have made a couple fouls. It could be just the ref is feeling a yellow card at the time. It's true. And it's, against Russia, you never know how the referee might react. So that just leaves Sweden, where uh, Victor Klassen and Albin Ekdal are on yellow cards. So an uh, interesting list of people who could be missing the semifinal. A long list with a lot of names. Uh, you'd have to be thinking those guys all go in knowing what's on the line uh, for this upcoming round. We did mention Casemiro will be suspended, but also Blaise Matuidi has accumulated two yellows, and uh, Lustig on Sweden will be out for these games. Uh, so for definitely, um, you know, Lustig's been important at fullback, but Matuidi and the work rate he brings to France, it's amazing to think that he won't even be that big of a piece missing because of all the talent they have. That's true. Yeah, so well, there we have it. Two more, two quarterfinal games tomorrow, two quarterfinals on Saturday. Uruguay, France, who's winning? Who's advancing? I I've just been I've been so hard on France this whole time, and it's been a little bit unfair I think to this point. But I can't France. I think that without Cavani, I just don't see them being able to pull it out of the fire. So there's that, and then at this point, I'd rather watch Russia win the World Cup through shady like they they, they drug test all the players and they massive sums of money to throw the game. I'd rather see all of that than Brazil win this tournament after what I saw. Nah, maybe that's not the right out view to have on it, but. Listen, I, I know you're going to hate me for this, but I think Brazil is going to win convictions I'm, with Belgium. Well, here's the thing. The conviction, my technically my conviction would be that I picked Brazil to win the whole tournament. So I don't care if they win an hour or not. Belgium, I, I think Belgium have what it takes. I think they got the kick in the pants they needed. It's Belgium's biggest game ever. I think that's fair it's to say. Ever? Here, the thing about the work, you know, trending towards favorites that ended up disappointing. Now, now here we are. Generation comp- I think for them, you got to have it. If you can get this one, and even if you get eliminated from this point on, win against Brazil at the World you Cup. You get up for that game. My only question is going to be if their defense is going to be able to adjust, and that I don't think we'd expect it to be saying at this point. <laughs> You're telling me. Um, I, my money's on Croatia. Yeah, I got to give it to them. I, I think Croatia now as well may have gotten the kick. But here's the thing. 
<laughs> Croatia looked like they were pretty gassed about five minutes into that Denmark game. That Denmark game. Kind when has, what has that has that stopped Russia at all? Yeah, that, right. That Denmark game has me thinking. That Denmark game had me think think that Russia is a team that is not going to be able to put not going to put up with any of Mandzukic's antics. I I think Russia on penalties. Oh, I think it's going to go all the way, and oh, Russia takes it on penalties. Oh my god! I Can you myself imagine? for saying it? Russia in the semifinals, but oh, they they might have what it takes to be shocking. out physical to out it's possible. I mean, to okay. out defend Croatia. Let's, let's not give. Let's not take something away from Russia now. Right, look, they beat Spain. They can do anything. Yeah, they can uh, absolutely do it to Croatia too. So Croatia will need a lot of time off to prevent to make sure they're ready for that not to happen. Sweden, England. Wow. Like I said, Sweden. Who would have ever thought? I I honestly think that there will be riots in England if they can't beat Sweden in the quarter. Here they are finally getting past the round of sixteen at the World Cup. They have every reason to make it to the final at this point. Yeah. Ah oh, well. <laughs> Like I said, it wouldn't shock me at all. If I know, but we, but like, right on paper, on paper, there's no there's reason no to think this right? isn't England's year to make it to the final. It's true. It's true in that sense. There is no reason to believe that England can't just get out of this side of the racket. Now, there's no reason to think they they are officially every team that's better than them is on the other side of the bracket. So that means there's only one. Yeah, I, it is crazy to think that I'm sticking to England. I I can't. I I think I am given to understand the teams that win penalty shootouts in the next round have very low success rates. I don't know what that success. I'll get our producer on that. I think it has something to do with the fact that you play two hours of soccer between uh, their game and this one. Not the longest, I think, uh, that might go to Sweden. But um, I, England probably should win. Croatia probably should win. But we And again, there's been a couple times where I tried to pick someone who uh, I say, oh, they should win, but they're not going to do it here. I try to make a bold prediction, and it hasn't come off yet. Yeah, so... Uh, but, uh, I had Sweden beating beating Switzerland. I think England's probably is. those rankings are trash. But yeah, that's that that I think that's fair. So form after penalty shootouts. But I again, I believe the numbers suggest that teams that win penalty shootouts are very low game. Yeah. So the statistics be damned. Uh, I I do want to mention language. that, and I that is I do want to mention that in penalty shootouts, the team that shoots first generally it's a similar generally wins. But we did shout out to the guy holding the boom mic. Have you have you noticed the boom mic that the guy's using? My goodness, go back and see. Is if he always in the shot? The the boom mic is in the shot. Oh, uh, so this is probably they don't know how to use one. Maybe his arms tired. If anyone's ever, if any, if you know what I'm talking about, a boom mic, those like long microphones, you put it above the shot. You don't put it under, and you certainly don't put it in the actual. Sh- might even be the guy who's holding the camera. If that's the case, you gotta be kidding me. There has got to be money in the hole. What are interns? What are interns for? Anyway? What, who needs interns, right? What I guess, are interns oh, whatever. for? I think that I think that about does it, though, right? I, I, yep. we've, we've got all the games. We've got previews for what's going to happen. And again, we'll be back. We'll be back between the end of the quarterfinals and the beginning of the semifinals. First semifinal game is Tuesday, so sometime between the end of Saturday and the beginning of Tuesday, there'll be another show where we will again sit here and probably complain about people's lineups and people's antics and defenders having their hands up in the air when a ball's coming in for a cross. And Penalties and red cards galore. You yellow card it. suspensions. Imagine half the Croatian team missing the next game because... Against Russia. <laughs> oh my God. Losing, losing all those players against Russia. Yeah. It'll be quite, quite a sight to see. Anyway, that's all the time we have today. <laughs> on, this, on this slightly shorter edition. Which, uh, I mean, g- glory be, because uh, what are, we, are we under an hour? We are under an hour, if you can wrap this up. Okay, oh, well, anyway, seconds. I'm going to wrap it up. That's all the time we have in the American Soccer Show. Uh, next time, semifinals, this is Emmett McConnell next to Eric Alcantor signing off.